Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Mystery Bible. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. We have been looking at these gentlemen, uh, the sons of Jacob. I wanted to do a, uh, as we call it, a detour into the study before we get into the book of Exodus. And uh, we know that these men are in Egypt. We know that um, all of them died before that another generation came in where the Pharaoh uh, caused the children of Israel to become slaves. So we're just kind of walking through these guys' lives, and we're seeing their calling, their separation, if you will, as to their lineage, and how each and every one of them relate to the children of Israel, the tribes, and all of these things. And we know that this is the end of their days. They're dying, and because they're dying, they were afforded the opportunity to grab their families, their children, grandchildren, and pretty much rehearse their life. They all pinpointed a specific aspect of their life that they had engaged in and caused them to to uh, go about certain ways. We see that Simeon's abomination against uh, envy. We see um, all of these different uh, guys, Reuben's testament. We see, we see all these men began to talk about um, their lineage and they're trying to give some advice, if you will, to their um, siblings and not, not much so siblings, their families, their sons, grandchildren, uh, all before they uh, pass on to the next um, dimension, if you will. And the last one we looked at was, uh, we took, um, before we, we ended, was Levi. We looked at Levi being chosen to become, his lineage being chosen to become the, um, uh, where all the priests would come through. And uh, today we're going to pick up on Judah's warning against, and it's entitled Judah's Warn Against Greed and Unchastity. And we're looking at the legend of the Jews. Uh, we've been looking at um, uh, information, if you will, data from the legend of the Jews. We've been looking and pulling data from the book of Yasher, Jubilee. Um, we've been pulling uh, data also from uh, other sources, Josephus, um, other uh, work that is out there, known work, so that you and I can get a better understanding of this family's situation and how God was still able to deal with families. This day, God still deals with families. And I chose to deal with the information with um, from the legend of the Jews, again, uh, before we go into the study of um, Exodus. And Exodus is a great book. Uh, we get to see, um, we see God's power in uh, all the things that he does and so forth. But there's a scripture that says that he showed the children of Israel, his acts, and he showed um, Moses his ways. And so most of us, um, uh, that, uh, and that's based on the relationship that you want with God. Uh, Moses wanted a relationship with God so that he can get to know his ways. The people of Israel uh, at the time, they weren't interested in that. They wanted, they saw his acts, but they had an unbelieving heart. And if you look at the book of Hebrews, it will tell you, give you some information as to what was happening there. 
Um, it is called the bitter, the, the day of the bitter quarrel in the um, Hebrew um, text. And uh, um, the Holy Spirit talks about that in the book of Hebrews when he said, they provoked me, they tried me, and all those different things that they did. And then he made the statement, I showed them my ways, but um, I mean, my acts, but I showed Moses my ways. And so that is based on the relationship that they had with God. Moses walked by faith. The children did not. The children of Israel, they walked in unbelief. And God had to, the Holy Spirit said he had to do away with that generation before he can go in to the promised land. And so you and I, those are um, natural examples of spiritual principles. So in order for us to go over into the promised land, we have to walk by faith. We can only do it by faith. We cannot do it with unbelief inside. And Jesus said, he made a statement. He says, I couldn't do any great work in that specific area because of the people's unbelief. And so I've done a, a study before about the enemies of one's faith and unbelief is one of them. Doubt is another. Um, there's several other um, uh, uh, enemies that I've done a study on. So you guys have access to that information. So we're just looking at uh, today, we're going to look at Judah, uh, Judah's life and his last word, Issachar, um, his last words, uh, Zebulun. We'll try and see if we can um, finish all of these. Dan's confession is another title, Nephetali's dream of the division of the tribes. And uh, we want to talk about these guys again. And I think he was the last one. No, actually, we have Gad as well. Um, and we have Asher's last words. Uh, we have Benjamin also. So we have a few other of the sons of Jacob. Let's see if we can finish them at this one. And I know I have a tendency of rushing in, and uh, I, I probably need to slow down so that you guys can have a better understanding and clarity as to what is going on with the Word of God and, and with these men so that we can better understand. So we've just been reading um, these guys' life and uh, uh, kind of catching up. They're giving you an synopsis of what their life was like, where they made their mistakes, where they got their blessings, and so forth. So we looked at Judah, as I said, last Levi last time, um, and we are going to focus on, um, we're going to focus on the others, uh, so we can, you know, get going. So, uh, let me do, let me finish up just a little piece of it. We'll go back just a little with, um, with Levi and then we'll continue. Two days after, this is in the, um, Legend of Jews, chapter two, it is called. Uh, two days after I was visited by this dream, Judah and I repaired uh, to our grandfather Isaac, who blessed me in accordance with the word I heard. Jacob also had a vision, and he saw too that I, that I was appointed to be the priest of God. And so that's where we see where Levi and his lineage, who is going to be the priest of God. So now let's pick up with Judah. The last words addressed by Judah to his sons were the following. I was the fourth son begotten of my father, and my mother called me Judah, saying, I thank the Lord that he had given me a fourth son. I was zealous in my youth, 
and obedient to my father in all things. When I grew up to manhood, he blessed me, saying, Thou wilt be king, and wilt prosper in all thy ways. The Lord granted me his grace in whatever I undertook in the field and in the house. We've talked about this thing about grace, and I want you guys to always be present when you hear that word grace. And I've described that word to you as the Holy Spirit described it to me. It means the divine influence on the heart and the benefit that it brings to the believer. And so God does not violate one's will, but what he can do is um, through his grace, through that power of grace, he can influence our hearts and our decision-making process, just like a woman would influence um, a man or a man a woman. And we see this in the scripture, it says that, um, the heart of the king is in the hand of our God, like the ocean and like a river, like a brook, and he moves it as he pleases through the power of grace. And so, um, we've talked about the blessing as well. And this particular thing, the blessing is very important, um, aspect in the, uh, Jewish mindset. And it's also in Christian, it should be in Christianity mindset, the blessing. We know that there is the blessing, there's a blessing of Abraham, but there's two different ones. And so the blessing is the one that these guys are talking about. And I have come to believe that the blessing encompasses two things. One is the grace of God, the ability to divinely influence someone. And the second is God's protection. And the reason why I believe that I've extracted it from uh, my studies, and we saw as we were reading with Esau, and his Esau sent his sons to kill um, his brother, and his God protected him, but he also caused his grace to work on their hearts so that they will not kill him. And so I believe that the blessing is that combination of both. And so we see here that Judah is saying that uh, through the blessing, his grace in whatever I undertook in the field and in the house. And that is one of the things that I find myself praying, and I suggest and I encourage those that are listening to this podcast, that you begin to change your prayer language and ask God to allow his grace for the scripture. Did He did promise us, he says, come boldly before the throne of grace, whereby you may obtain grace um, um, to, to help you in your time of need and says that you will obtain mercy and find grace in it for your time of need. So because of God's mercy, um, he would allow his grace to work on our behalf. And in anything and whatever thing I undertook. So I always had a scripture that in Psalms, I think Psalms 91, it says, um, prosper the works of our hands. Yes, prosper the works of our hands. And so I call God's grace into my life to prosper whatever I undertook in the field or in the house, as he says here. Um, the Lord granted me his grace in whatever I undertook. And so I would challenge you guys to incorporate that phrase in your life as far as uh, that, you know, you call upon God's grace that uh, in whatever I undertook, Father, let your grace uh, come into my life 
whether it's in the field or in the house, wherever you are and your hands are to it, you call on God's grace and he would help. He says, I could speed as swiftly as the wind and overtake it and prepare a dish of it for any for my father. A deer I could catch on the run and all the animals of the valley. A wild mare I could outstrip, hold it and bridle it. A lion I can slew and snatch a kid from its jaw. A bear I caught by a paw and flung it down the cliff and it lay beneath crushed. I could keep pace with the wild boar and overtake it. And as I ran, I seized it and tore it to pieces. A leopard sprung at my dog in Hebron, and I grasped its tail and hurled it away from me, and its body burst on the coast of Gaza. A wild steer I found gazing in the field. I took it by its horn, swung it round and round until it was stunned, and then I cast it to the ground and killed it. We talked about these guys. Um, we talked about Judah and his strength and all of these things. And so he is now um, laying down to his people, his, his kids, his offspring, telling them his life and so forth. Again, he is on his way out, and he begins to summarize his life and bring in the highlights, if you will. And we know that these men did tremendous, powerful stuff. And uh, he is just rehearsing some of those things of what he did. Judah continued and told his children of his heroism and the wars of the sons of Jacob uh, had waged with the kings of Canaan and with Esau and his family. We talked about those. In all these conflicts, he bore a distinguished part beyond the achievements of the others. His father Jacob was free from all anxiety when Judah was with his brethren in their combat because he had a vision showing him an angel of strength standing at the side of Judah all his ways. And we know this because we saw in the war, and we talked about those as well, and how Judah's strength um, and all the things that he did. Judah did not conceal his shortcomings either. He confessed how drunkenness and passion had betrayed him first into marriage with a Kenish woman, and then into improper relations with his daughter-in-law, Tamar. And we talked about that. He said to his to his children, Do not walk after the desires of your heart, and vaunt not the valiant deed of your youth. This too is evil in the eyes of the Lord. For while I boast that the face of the beautiful woman had never allured me in the war, and reviled my brother Reuben for his transgression with Bela, the spirit of passion and unchastity gained possession of me, and I took Bashur to wife and trespassed with Tamara. Though she was the efficient of my son, I first said to Bashur's father, I will take counsel with my father Jacob to know whether I should marry your daughter. But he was a king, and he showed me an untold heap of gold accredited to his daughter, and he adorned her with the magnificence of women of a woman in gold and pearl, and he bade her pour the wine at the meal. The wine turned my eyes away, and passion darkened my heart. In mad love for her, I violated the command of the Lord and the will of my father, and I took her to wife. The Lord gave me a recompense according to the counsel of my heart. For I had no joy in the sons she bore me. And a lot of times I, I tell people, 
Um, you know, I know people uh, always blame God for a lot of things. Um, I have a different outlook when I read things, like in the garden, when God said to um, Adam, he says, this tree, you can eat of all the trees in the garden, but this tree, okay, um, don't touch this one, because if you do, you shall surely die. And I believe a lot of people look at that, um, you know, differently than how I look at it. I looked at it as God giving him a heads up that something is going to happen concerning this tree. And he's warning him. He says, if you touch it, this is the results of what's going to happen to you. So it's up to you. It's still up to you if you don't touch it. But there was another tree that God had put in there. And um, if you notice, the enemy took him to that tree and not to the tree of life, because if he had taken him to the tree of life, the tree of life was there. He would have sealed Adam in his state, his original state, and he would have not been able to fall. The tree of life was there. Man rejected the tree of life, and he took the tree of knowledge, and God had to separate him from that tree of, of, of life. Hey, babe, what you got there? This is a check from Carvana. I just sold my car to them. I went online, and Carvana gave me an offer right away. Then they just picked up the car and gave me this. Well, that's a big check. Well, obviously, you could put this towards your next car, or we could finally get that jacuzzi, or I could start taking tuba lessons, or I could quit my job and write my memoir. Or I can put it towards my next car with Carvana. Sorry, your check, not mine. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. Because he would have eaten of it, he would probably ran to that, and God did not want him to be in this continual corrupt state. He had to send his son, so he um, put an angel there to protect man from touching that because of God's grace and his love for us. And so that tree is still available. The Bible tells us it's in heaven. And um, that tree of life, we will have a chance to eat of the tree of life. It tells us so. And so we will still have an opportunity to partake of that. So he is here. Uh, Judah is talking about his life. He's giving in the good stuff. And then he starts to tell them what he did wrong. And he began to tell them the consequences of his decision. And so I want to let you guys be aware that the consequences of your decision is the consequences of your decision. God is always there. Even though we fall, God is still there to help us and uh, pick us up again because he tells us that though our sins be as uh, um, crimson, he says, come and I'll make it white as snow. He says, come, let's reason together. Let's talk. I'll clean you up so that I can sit down with you and talk with you. And so He, the invitation is still there for you and I to come. So we see that uh, he... As a result of this uh, relationship, the uh, he did not have any joy from his kids as a result of this uh, um, uh, illicit relationship that he had. And now, my children, I pray you, do not intoxicate yourself with wine, for wine twists the understanding away from the truth and confuses the sight of the eye. Wine leads me, led me astray, so I felt not ashamed because the throng of people in the city, and I turned aside and went in to Tamara in the presence of them and committed a great sin. And though a man be king, uh, if he lead his unchaste life, he loses his kingship. So you see, 
the he's he's spilling it out, guys. He's putting it out there and telling you that there's a price for your decisions, whatever they are. I gave Tamara my staff, which in the stay of my tribe and the girdle cord, which is power and my signet um diam, which is the glory of my kingdom. I did uh penance for all this, and unto an old age I drank no wine, and ate no flesh, and knew no sort of pleasure. Wine caused the secret things of God, and man to be revealed unto the stranger. Thus did I disclose the command of the Lord and the mysteries of my father Jacob to the Canaanite woman, uh, Bashua, through God had forbidden me to betray them. I also enjoin you not to love gold and not to look upon the beauty of women, for through money and through beauty I was led astray at Bashur the Canaanite. I know that my stock will fall into misery through these two things. For even the wise men among my sons will be changed by them. And so we see that, um, you know, ancestral things can happen. And the consequences will be that the kingdom of Judah will be diminished. The dominion that the Lord gave me as a reward for my obedience conducted towards my father. For never did I speak in contradiction of him, but I did all things according to his word. And Isaac, my father's father, blessed me with the blessing that I should. See, again, we're talking about that blessing. And I tell you, that thing is a real thing. It, it's such a real thing that um, Esau wanted to kill uh, his brother because his brother had uh, gotten it from him. This thing still trickles down to you and I, the believer, today. And um, uh, we see that it is a uh, serious thing. Says, and Isaac, my father's father, blessed me with the blessing that I should be a ruler in Israel, and I know that the kingdom will rise, uh, will arise from me. In the book of Enoch, the just, um, I read all the evil that you will do in the latter days. Only beware, my children, of unchastity and greed, for love of gold leads to idolatry, causing men to call them God and that uh, that are none, and dethroning the reasoning or the reason of man. On account of gold, I lost my children, and I had no more, I had not mortified my flesh and humbled my soul, and had not my father Jacob offer up prayer for me, I had died childless. Uh, but the God of my fathers, the merciful and gracious one, saw that I had acted unwittingly, for the rulers of deceptions had blinded me, and I was ignorant, being flesh and blood and corrupt through sin, and in the moment when I considered myself invisible, I recognized my weakness. Then Judah revealed to his sons in clear, brief words the whole hi history of Israel until the advent of the Messiah, and his final speech was, My children, observe the whole law of the Lord. In it is hope for all that keep his ways. I die this day at the age of 119 years before your eyes. None shall bury me in a costly garment, nor shall you cut my body to emblem, uh, embalm it, but you shall carry me to Hebron. Having spoken these words, 
Judas sank into death. So we are seeing now this particular gentleman, uh, Judah, and his wisdom. We saw what was his downfall. He talked about drinking, partying, and money. And we see that this is still the stuff today. He talks about um, idolatry. That um, He says, uh, only beware, my children, of unchastity and greed. So he's talking about women and covetousness towards women, how we, uh, the lust after women and greed. Those are the two things that he had to deal with in his life. And he, um, he uh, laid it out for them. He says, for the love of gold leads to idolatry. And the scripture tells us that the love of money. And so, uh, there is a purpose for money. Uh, there is a need for money. And I say to people that if money is basically still paper, we're still at the tree, if you will, that tree of knowledge. Um, and we see then that uh, uh, he says, don't love gold because it leads to idolatry, causing men to call them gold, money, all those things. And God was saying, you can't serve two gods at one time, mammon and God, and, and that's talking about money. And so we see here that this man is talking and giving advice about those two things that are mentioned in the New Testament. And this is why I think... Um, I love studying these guys' life because, again, it doesn't take away from the gospel that Jesus Christ is Lord. He came, he died, and so forth for us, and the resurrection. So all of those things, I believe. But this brings in some beautiful insights as to these men's life, and we can get a chance to appreciate them, learn from their mistakes, apply it into our life and cause, um, you know, a blessing to come into our life. We see that that blessing, his blessing that he was given, that he would become uh, king and so forth, but there was a, he lost some of that as a result of his disobedience and to, to God's word. And I give you guys the same advice as he did, and I try to, uh, my hope in my life is to, to take heed to his word. Then Judah revealed to his sons in clear, brief words the whole history of Israel until the advent of the Messiah. So he sits down and begins to on, uh, reveal everything to them about all the way up until Jesus Christ. And his final speech was, My children, observe the whole law of the Lord. It, in it, in it, in the word of the Lord, in it, he tells us that um, uh, uh, there is hope. In it is hope for all that keep his ways. So there is hope, guys, for you and I. And it's one of the things I love about the word of God and who he is in Jesus Christ is that um, there is hope. The word of God is 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 um, hope coming into hopelessness. Uh, you and I, we have our life, we have our situation, all the pain and whatever we are in, whatever circumstances you find yourself in today. Um, the Word of God ha has the answer, meaning that every situation that you and I will ever be in in our life, God has a word for that. He has hope for that. Um, those of you that who are sick, there's hope for that. It tells us that Jesus Christ, um, uh, by his stripes, you are healed. Those that are hopelessness when it comes to anxiety, where there's your, the anxiety has gotten hold of you to the point where you're losing your mind. 
it tells us that he says, um, I have given you um, the mind. He says, put on the mind of Christ so you don't have to carry yours. You can uh, apply the mind of Christ into your situation. I did that with my son, Josiah, who was a preemie and he couldn't speak well. And uh, his speech was impaired because of the um, seizures that he used to have as a child. And I would tell him, when I would pray with him, I would say to him, Josiah, this is what I want you to say. I have the mind of Christ. I have the speech of the learned. And I would have him, um, uh, uh, you know, confess that and confess that all day. And you would not believe, uh, you know, today. So I know that these things work in your hopelessness. There is hope in the Word of God. Those of you that are in darkness, where you feel that you can't live anymore, the Bible says that Jesus Christ has become sin, your sin, so that you don't have to carry that. He says, just come to me and I will give you rest. And so if you are in a state where you're financially not able to, you're in a bind financially, he says, my God shall supply all of your need. And it tells us that through he does this through his grace. And we've talked about his grace, what it is. If you are feeling hopeless about your family, we know that he says, you follow me and you and your household shall be saved. If your family is estranged, we know that he can bring them back together because he brought Cain and a um, not Cain and Abel, he brought back Esau and, uh, you know, and Isaac back together after many years. So whatever situation you find yourself in where you're hopeless, um, and we talk about the anxiety, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. You don't have to carry that anxiety. Is it anger? He says he, he'll take, he'll exchange your anger for your love. One of the things that I carried as a person, as an individual, was anger. I was abused as a young child, um, and through that abuse, that physical abuse, I became angry, and I um, manifested that anger by when I would get into fights and so forth, I could not rest until I saw blood of the individual, and then I would begin to breathe. I was this absolutely, um, you know, just bizarre thing that I was. And one of the things that God did for me the minute I got saved was he tapped into that anger and began to, he took, I extracted it out of my being. Um, I still had some battles with it, but it, the core of it, most of it came out of me in a second. You know, that day when we, when I just made that confession to be, to have Jesus Christ as my Lord in my life, I'll tell you why. Because the next day I was so excited that I was born again that I, when I was giving out, um, track to someone and the guy took the track and I think he shoved it on my face or something like that. And I looked at him and I was so excited because I didn't, react um to, to 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 damage him because i would have i would have destroyed that guy the day before and so i looked at him and i started hugging him and telling him oh my god you're so lucky that jesus christ is in my life because i would have killed you if you had done that yesterday and so um hope from hopelessness god is all about hope and so we see here that judah is encouraging you and i that um 
our hopelessness can we can have an exchange he said um, uh, you and i can have an exchange he says my children observe the whole law of the lord in it is hope for all that keep his ways and so i want to encourage you guys that there is hope for you in all of your ways that uh, you're in any situation God has an answer for you. He has a way out. He can show you. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ made a promise to you and I that the Holy Spirit shall come and he will guide us in all truth. Not just truth about the Word of God and about who God is and about who Jesus is and about who the Holy Spirit is and so forth. In all truth, in whatever situation you're in and the lie that you have believed that caused that hopelessness, the Holy Spirit, call on Him. He can guide you into all truth so that you can see the truth of your situation and you can be able to bring God's Word, bring hope into your hopelessness and change your life. And so I want to encourage all of you guys, we're going to continue with these men and we're going to take them one uh, time until we get finished and then we will start uh, the book of um, uh, Exodus. So uh, walk with us. I, I encourage you all, if you're following us on YouTube, to like, subscribe, share the podcast. Uh, thank you, though, for those who are supporting me. I know at the um, at the the YouTube channel, there's a couple of links there that people are supporting me through. I do appreciate it. I appreciate all that you do because I'm. Tr- uh, this is my life. I believe God has called me to this, and I am doing and serving through these podcasts, and I really am um, uh, uh, praying that God would bless you and your family because we see the times are changing, and we see the intensity of things that Jesus spoke about happening before our eyes. He said, in the last days, it shall be as the days of Noah. When he says people will be against people, tribe against tribe, nation against nation, um, hatred and, and all of these things, prejudice will be on the rise. And we're watching this stuff uh, happen at an escalated pace. We are reading some crazy things each day. But I want to encourage you guys that God can bring hope in your hopelessness. And so as we study, we are learning who we are in Christ so that we can become effective and change this world. Thank you for listening to Mystery Bible. Let's walk through the Bible and learn of God and His beautiful mercies and all that He has provided for us that we may become effective for his kingdom and change this world. Check in every week for a new episode.